Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 345. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Hi de ho Lions fans. Case <laughs> is back. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Uh, you know how Britta painted my toenails during the uh, St. Jude drive last October? Literally just the other day, clipped off the last of it, and she was painting her toenails before the show today. I was like, we should do that. Like, <laughs> Get those toes fired up again. <laughs> just for summer. Get a, get a flirty, flirty, uh, like orange or something. Flirty, flirty. <laughs> Good to have you back. Welcome, buddy. Good, good. Glad to, to be here. You. It's so fortuitous. Jeff couldn't make it today. He's on vacation. We were not going to do his show. And Case stood up, stepped up, stood up, said, "Hey, it is our anniversary. We should probably see each other on our anniversary." Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! <laughs> happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! So Fred and Barney are here together again. We got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> Talk about Inside the Den, that episode that just flew out um, last week from the Lions. The new Madden trailer. Woo, got some some heat in there. Update on the Fisher House. This is one you guys really, 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 really want to listen in on. We got a chance for you to help out and do some really, really great stuff and double up on that. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, who's going to improve with new, new coaching? We'll talk about Jared Goff, that, a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Ace, are you ready to go, my man? Ready to roll, Chris. Let's kick this off and break it down. So when you say ready to roll, are you talking about rolling your own or are you talking about something else? Oh, always roll my own. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. The first topic of discussion today is what have you been doing, Case? What have you been doing, brother? Yeah, man. Uh, it's been an exciting like six months here since I was, you know, regular <laughs> I, in more than one way. Um. <laughs> you know, I want to ask about this because it was like, Chris, I'm getting married. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I might have I might have cut out a little couple pieces in there. But. Right. No, it was it was more about the work change. That was uh, I I was working you know a full time job and decided I wasn't happy there and changed to a different uh, career. Well, say it's I mean same industry but different different job um, and much more challenging for me. Um, so it's been. Uh, schedule wise, it it is difficult for me to be around for the show on a regular basis. But yeah, yeah, it's um... but it's satisfying. Like for anybody who's concerned, I mean, I am. It it is difficult, but I I am I am happier about it. But also on top of that, obviously, I got engaged. So like, 
that is also a thing that is happening. So he's he's left <laughs> next folks. June. Next June, Whoa. we'll have the. I yeah. can't wait to be. Chris, Chris is coming. I'm going. To we'll do a live show. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> You'd be really mad <laughs> if we did a show. <laughs> well, I know Chris can. Chris can do a, a, a quick drop from the parking lot if he wants to. But <laughs> we'll, do, we'll vlog it. I'll, I'll put her face walking down the aisle. It'll be fun. <laughs> I promise, Britt. It'll be fun. Um, no, it's really good to have you back, dude. It really is. Uh, cool stuff. Thanks, John Paul. I uh, love this podcast. Helps they do a trickle while enjoying the team and crappy channel says case is as looking as good as ever. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, so, you know, you can tell probably that case doesn't hate me. I mean, the other way isn't no. quite as clear, but <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and, and I've seen a few comments on, on the sub or like, is he okay? Yes, I'm, I'm fine. I'm every, just to clear that up. I'm fine. I, I do. I do someday hope to come back to be, you know, uh, the, like a regular again, uh, but we'll get there when we get there. So, yeah. <laughs> and we will, and, and the door's always open for him. Um, you know, and, and, but one of the things, you know, as you do these things, you got to do like, you know, Riz came on and stepped up to, to keep the show going and do the, do all the work with that. And, um, he's, you know, which I'm very appreciative of. Yeah. I, Jeff and I love each other too. So like, yep. And for him to, lest anyone think there's any juicy drama, there's not any juicy drama. It's just, you don't want to know the juicy stuff. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about inside the den. Speaking of juicy stuff. Um, the, did everyone see that episode? First off, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but, um, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. The inside kind of view of the draft that we haven't seen before. All we used to get was a picture of him with a baseball bat. We didn't recognize he was smashing his own face in with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun to see. I mean, it was fun to see those clips. Like, that's uh, much more of an inside look than we ever would have gotten from the previous regime. And it wasn't that I didn't understand where they were coming from. But at the same time, I understand that at the time being that it's, you know, I do think there is some value to making the fans happy and building a fan happy community. And that's, it seems like that's what they're trying to do. And so I do appreciate now I'm not like banging on the door for them to be on hard knocks, but there's a lot of people that are right now. I know there are, I know there are, that's not me, but I understand where they're coming from. I want to, I want to go back to something. And I was asked about this today. It was March 3rd. We talked about this. And John Paul is hitting on it in the in the chat right now. Um, the question I have for those who watch it is: Did everyone see Rod Wood running the show? Did you see how he was in charge? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then, you know, Sheila, she was there banging the table for a wide receiver, and and Holmes was cowering in the corner because she's she's running it, right? Or what was it? Um, oh, servant leadership. It, it actually was a team of people. Yeah, in service of the broader team. Yeah, well, that's what I like, and 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 seeing Brad Holmes talk to Sheila about um, why they were picking the guys they were picking was fun too. So, last thing I heard him say after the Sewell pick was, (laughs) and there, good cut. That's a good. It's like. (laughs) Ah, the uh, um, what's his name? The the political candidate for the Democrats years and years ago. Howard Um, Dean. Howard Dean. Howard Dean. Thank you. (laughs) 
I hate to say it. I saw that a lot. One of my favorite things ever, <laughs> except that I, I think that's the most ridiculous way that a political career ever got derailed. But Oh, <laughs> you need to do some political history. <laughs> there, there's all kinds of dopes out there. <laughs> but what we saw in that, in, that, in that Inside the Den episode and in that, uh, on that whole piece was servant leadership. If you saw at the end when... It, the the draft was over and it was time to go for UDFA calls. They scattered and they all, everyone had the trust yeah. to go after the guy that they were supposed to go after and, and get him signed. They had the, um, the, uh, the, the leeway, if you will, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, to be able to go and get those people signed and go after rather than one person who has to do it himself because he's the right. only one who knows right. the right, right way, right? Right. That's, that's you know, we were just talking about this. Both of us have relatively new positions, and the the sense of trust, right, <laughs> and the sense of um, ability and empowerment that has come with those. Case uh, has come in as a guy um, who's working with just ultra professionals who've got all kinds of. <laughs> Time. It's above my level, but yeah. I'm working up to it. And, so, and they're working with you, right? But they trust you to do the things yeah. that you do. Yeah, I show up on time. I, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I'm sassy, but that's the only thing you got to deal with with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's one of those things. And and he he said they look at him funny at some of the questions he asks, but they trust him to do it, and they know he's going to ask the questions, right? They they have they have faith that he's going to execute in a proper way. It's the same where I'm at. I, I've been given a lot of leeway to do things, to drive things, and and been empowered to 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 make you know changes and 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 so on. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like having leadership that trusts you to do things when you set up uh, a strategy. And that's what you see going on in that room with those people working together and, and that, that teamwork and that camaraderie, it, what they've done is they've built that locker room kind of spirit, that kind of team spirit in the front office. And that's pretty interesting. That's really, really interesting. It's, it's again, if you go back to, I think it's three thirty-two. we talk about servant leadership and dive in on it. Um, but it's funny cause I was asked about that today. Hey, I'm going for a job interview. Can you guys tell me about that? That was a good, <laughs> that was a good episode again. I wonder, I wonder, review that but that was it that was it in charge it is not rod wood I and mean, do you remember when everyone was freaking out that rod wood's running the team yeah at the beginning yeah, of the year for sure yep and, and and it was literally people who didn't kind of understand that whole concept that it only worked for bosses that are keeping them under the thumb or something i don't know what else but <laughs> well and and Everybody who's listened to the show for a long time knows that I wanted so desperately early on for the Bob Quinn Patricia experiment to work, but I will not, you know, sit here and try to pretend that it didn't take some convincing to, uh, to hope that what they were doing to look at what they were doing and, and see a positive situation. I mean, it did, uh, this situation is positive. That doesn't mean it's going to work, but it, it's much easier to root for than what we were rooting for before. And, and there is some value in that, you know, as a fan, even, even if it doesn't work out, it's likely to be easier on all of our psyches, even if it doesn't work out than yeah. the last regime was. I keep saying it's going to be a lot more fun to watch, but, and, and if you see that, inside the den that you look at it and 
it is fun. It is a lot of yeah. fun to watch. Even yeah. if these, these draft picks don't work out, it's like, well, I'm a Lions fan. I'm used to that, right? <laughs> but at least it's right. fun along the way. It's a friend right. made along the way kind of a thing, right? I, I mean, ultimately, my like what I want the most is for the Lions to win a Super Bowl. I want the Lions to win multiple Super Bowls. I think everybody wants that. I think that's the ultimate goal. But the last few years were pretty torturous. So at the moment, and it was it was <laughs> just truly, getting a reprieve from that is nice. <laughs> it was truly a kind of give your soul into the hands of leadership, the authoritarians, right, and yep. let them run the thing. Yeah. And and you had to if you're going to be a fan, you had to. And it got old really fast when it wasn't working. You know, yep. it got old really fast at training camp, getting yelled at for um, trying to tweet because they think you're taking. Yeah, pictures. that was obnoxious. From top to bottom, that. the experience was a mess. New regime comes in. What do they say? You've had enough of that shit. You're damn right, Dan. You had <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that worked out. You can see that inside the Den episode on the Detroit Lions YouTube channel. It's absolutely worth every second you spend. Uh, get that back backside look at the draft in Allen Park. There you go. All right. Um. Want to move on to a young gentleman, twenty six years old, beautiful, beautiful. Ryan Gosling looked like Jared Goff. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of I've seen kind of massive extremes on yeah. what Jared's going to be this year. Some people are all in, saying that Jared is going to be the, the second coming of some something really great, and then some people are saying that he's going to be the 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 fiftieth coming of something really bad in Detroit. Um, the, the real, the truth lies somewhere probably in between, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to paint the fence brown. So. <laughs> well, start riding, buddy. Tell us, tell us where your head's at what, on, on <laughs> level setting for Jared Goff. I can't have sat here for 10 years and talked about, um, <clears throat> how I don't think Stafford's lack of playoff success is truly you know, uh, a, an indictment on him as a quarterback and then turn around and look at Jared Goff's success in the playoffs uh, early in his career as truly an indication that he's elite or anything like that. I can't do that. But at the same time, I also remember the early years of Matthew Stafford and that he was not the guy that he was in the middle and uh, towards the end of his career, early in his career, he was he. It took him time to develop. Um, I think Goff needs a new perspective. I think that was absolutely the right thing for him uh, to to move into a new system. Do I have my hopes super high? Absolutely not. But I mean, there, I, I I absolutely think it would not be shocking to see him turn a new page on his career in a positive way. Um, and, and at the same time, like it's the weird part is there's a part of you where it's like, if he fails, if he just completely fails, then it opens the lions up early on, you know, as, as soon as next year to try to look for the successor yep. and, um, and, and potentially find their guy of the future, uh, which has its benefits. And if he succeeds to a marginal degree, that may make that a little bit more difficult. And so the, it, there's, there's so many different ways to look at it and so many different ways to be positive and negative. I don't, 
I'm having a real hard time coming down exactly on what I want from him, to be honest. I, yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, there's, let's, let's take it like, let's try it. Let's go step by step. Let's, yeah. fr- from a perspective of his age, at 26, this is ideal. I mean, we got, we traded an old man for a young man, right? Right. <laughs> Essentially, right? And a couple first rounders. Um, from an age perspective, Goff is, is, is absolutely perfect to bring mm-hmm. at a team that's building out from where we're building out. You've got mm-hmm. a time frame with him. If this, if this retool build thing works, then he's going to be here for the build up and then the carry through, right? And, yeah. and, and, and I'm not going to say he's going to be a, a Brady, but he's got 10 years of career left easy. Before oh yeah, hundred percent. Before you even start thinking of him as a Tom Brady, so seeing what he did when he came in with a broken thumb, seeing what he's done in prior years, tells me that I've already moved on from from his age. Tells me that there's something there, right now. Was it McVeigh and McVeigh's offense that made him so much of what he is? If that's the case, why not last year? Right? Yeah. Was, was that Jared last year, or was that McVeigh's offense getting figured out last year? Yeah. Will he run the same offense with Stafford this year? Boy, that's going to be interesting, right? If it will be interesting. I think I on a, that. I mean, I know that we're Lions fans, and and many many of us are are rooting for Stafford. I would say that I'm rooting for the Lions more than I'm rooting for Stafford, but um, nonetheless, I know that many, many Lions fans are rooting for Stafford to do well, but I, I think it will be one of the most fascinating storylines, even if the media doesn't cover it as closely as I think they should of the season. Yeah. How does Stafford do? That's, that's one. I'm, I'm 99% sure I'm going to that game. I, I think I've, I'm yeah, waiting for the that'd be great this week. Do it. I think work is sending me to Vegas the week before the game. Which means- Hopefully it's not like 150 degrees there when you're there. I, I, I don't care. It's inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no. So, so you, you don't know, right? You, and, and again, the thing about, about Stafford, if you're looking at Stafford the last two years, his, his performance was down, right? I mean, he had broken back one year. Yeah, no, right? I mean, I would attribute a lot of that to injury for and sure. I, and I'm not saying he was bad. And I'm, I'm not saying I don't like him, right? I want, I want the best for, for Matthew Stafford. I think he's a great guy and all that. But, he could be truly on a downward trajectory right now and he could show up in LA and not be the guy that they thought they got. Well, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen some comments on uh, the RNFL about um, like, well, it's his time to put up or shut up. I'm like, true. But at the same time, if he doesn't, because he's hurt, like, I don't think that's an indictment on his entire career. I think that's just a, a, a situation that he's no longer as physically capable as he was before he suffered so much trauma to his body, you know? And, and the Rams have a real short window to get this done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've basically got two years of Stafford. And if they don't get it, even if they do get it done, they're kind of signing off on it and saying, okay, now we got to get a new quarterback again. Cause they got two years without a first round pick. Right. I mean, yeah. they've got, they've got, they've got to do it right now. It is an absolute must yeah. win and do it right now situation. And they're making a bet on an older quarterback. Who's, who's got a hell of an arm and who's a hell of a guy and has shown True. a ton of ability, but has some question marks. You say the same, then you can say the same thing about, about golf. 
got some question marks, right? He comes <laughs> in, he has now the thing again, I'll go to in, in his favor, everywhere he's been up till including now, he's came to a complete crappy team and turned it around. Is this is this this is this just what he does? Is is this he is he just a winner? I mean, nobody nobody really looks at him like that right now and says mm-hmm. that about him, right? That he and, and nobody expects it. But you see Brad Holmes, who's who's appears to have been a pretty good talent evaluator so far. I just want to mention own you in the YouTube chat, uh, <laughs> suggesting that I I told you own you that I got a uh, a new job recently, right? <laughs> So Onya says, case looks like a stripper stage or a wanted poster with button chop, button chop stash combo. Why not both? <laughs> I'll just, just say he does come out with two six guns on his hips for the for the show. So there you go. And a pea shooter up front. Um, but they, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. Kate. You know how this goes. <laughs> um, it, you could say, oh, yeah, he's a winner. 26. He has all the capabilities. We've seen it before. Did McVeigh and his relationships break him? That's one of the things that I think is, and, and, and break him, probably a, a, a overstating, but did that? Did he get messed up in L.A.? I think that's a distinct possibility, but you always have to, then you ask yourself, like, how permanent is that damage? Right. And can it be fixed? Yeah, 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 yeah. So... I, I, and that's what, like I, I told you, I was going to paint the fence as brown as I possibly can. Like, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea what to expect. Like, the expectations for this kid right now are could go any possible direction. Yeah. And I mean, that's better than that's better than being in a place where I'm strictly pessimistic. And the the other side of this is, we've got this situation where if he doesn't work out, if we go and he comes up this year and we say, "Holy crap." Jared Goff is not the guy. Yeah. Or he, it's like we're not sure, and next year he's not the guy. Both years we have two first-round picks. We can move up and get the guy that we want to replace. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. We have so much flexibility. So, like, we, I think, with those picks, with the picks we had, we could have moved our way to get, like, Trevor Lawrence this year. Oh, um, hey, hey, uh, can we... There was a post that I saw today. We didn't talk about this before the show um, of potential um, cap casualties next year on the subreddit. And I think we should talk about it real quick. Okay. You'll do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I, I think it's relevant okay. uh, to, to the, the amount of space we have to move around. Um, and the, there's three of them that, that were brought up and they were um, tree flowers uh Vitai and uh Jamie Collins and all three of them would give us pretty significant cap space relief next year um and all three of them would be uh, would probably not be worth what we were paying them next year um and I just I my the only one of those three that I would hesitate on um Jamie Collins is getting old, so I don't necessarily have a problem moving on from him. He'll be probably he'll be 32 next offseason. Um, and we'd save like seven million. Uh, Vitai will be inside and we'd be paying him a lot more to play inside than we should be paying somebody to play inside. Um, outside play. In theory. <laughs> and uh, and he, he he will take a 
significant uh, cap hit, dead cap hit. But uh, the Trey Flowers one is the interesting one because we will owe him about $23 million both of the next two years but if we cut him in the off season next off season he we, he'll still be on the on the line for 13 and dead cap next year so we only save 10 million so i think that's the interesting one yeah. do you cut him over 10 million and how well does he have to perform to you to uh keep him on for a 10 million dollar difference so dead cap is the whole thing is interesting, and, I, and I, I recommend anybody who is curious about kind of how the cap works, Ash did a really, really good blog on, on the breakdowns of that. And there's a point where if somebody costs more than their um, than than, uh, can't even think. Opportunity cost is yeah, that what we're trying yeah, to get at? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a point. There's, there's a point where it just makes sense to cut them, right? Because they're going to be paid too much than the, for that for their versus what their dead cap is, right? That's right. where you get you get to the point. Uh, right. So once that happens, then you you move on. Um, Flowers, I don't know that you do anything with him. I really, really don't. It's, I, and he's still young. Yeah. It's all good. So like to me, that plays in this new defense, right? I would love to see him have a really good year this next year and then maybe even get an extension yeah. uh, so that that so those cap hits. I mean, part of the reason is cap hits are so nasty the next two years uh, the, would, is because Bob Quinn was trying to backload him so that he could fit as much talent on the team as he could. And the same is true for both of the other guys, too. Uh, so, I mean, the, the, the situation the current front office is facing is I don't want to necessarily compare it to the Millen era stuff because Millen era stuff was next level bad. But I don't think this, actually I don't think he broke us on cap that bad. Think about it. And we'll talk about this guy. In a, in well, it wasn't necessarily Millen. I apologize. It wasn't Millen. It was the rookie wage scale that broke yeah. us yeah. Well, under well, under well, under uh, Mayhew. And Millen wasn't a good talent evaluator. With 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 Stafford and yep. Calvin and Sue coming out right before the yep. n- new wage scale stuff. But that's what broke us. But. Yeah, and and we had Calvin on that huge signing up and leave and left a boatload of dead cap when Quinn took over. You know what I mean? So so that left us in a pretty big hole when Quinn yeah. started. Quinn leaving didn't leave us that bad as far as cap-wise, but he left us with an absolute dearth of talent. What he did is he downgraded just about every position in free agency that he could. Uh, Graham Glasgow is an example. I mean, just every area he went, he stepped down and paid more. And it's yeah. it's it's that's where he hurt us. It's literally on the talent side, not the dollars and cents side. And next year, I forget what the number is. There is so much dead cap that's coming off next year. We're going to have a ton of salary available because effectively, for those that don't know, dead cap is money that is you don't get to spend this year. You don't have on a contract this year. So it's all free money next year. And um, actually, this is something I wanted to talk about. And I'll get into this. I'm going to do a vlog on this, I think. But the the idea, you know, I'm in Florida. We have no. Oh, this is going to tie into our Calvin conversation as well. Yeah, so yeah, we'll keep we'll just keep rolling on it. Um, no, no state <laughs> income tax, and we talk about it from the perspective all the time that oh yeah, well it's easier to sign a player, right? Why wouldn't they take a a five million dollar contract in Miami, right, versus the five million dollar contract in California where they're going to lose thirteen percent in taxes, right? So Florida 
and Texas and Tennessee have big advantages on the on the income tax side to you know for players and players that want to sign there. Which I'd be in favor of the league adjusting so that there is no advantage. But that's here's, here's my own advantage. personal. Here's the real advantage that no one talks about. If you think about it, we'll, we'll just take the arbitrage between a 13% state income tax in in, uh, in California and nothing in uh, in Florida. It's effectively having 13% more salary cap to spend. It's not just more. So if everybody signs the, the, the a quarterback, and I'm making up numbers here, so don't tell me that I'm, I'm being crazy, signs a quarterback for $10 million a year, right? Well, if they say, if they say look, your net is going to be $9 million in California or $10 million in Florida, so we're going to assign you to $9 million, so you're the same. That suddenly means on $100 million a cap, they have $13 million extra dollars to spend per year on players if they're if they're working it on their net, which if they're smart and they're working with the agents, that's what they're doing, is talking about the net that the players are taking home, and that gives the team a huge advantage on salary cap, not just incentivizing players. And and now that does take away some of that player incentive, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you make on the on the on the dollars and cents side, and agents probably aren't going to like that. On the number side, you make a little less, but on the net side, you're taking home the same amount or even a little more. Say say they adjust it so it's only a seven percent increase over uh, over other over L A. Well, and this isn't yeah, talking about cool. markets that allow you to you know be. Uh, you know, more of a face than smaller markets exactly, and make exactly. more in, you know, ad revenue and, and endorsements. Yeah. So we're going to give you uh, a 7% differential <clears throat> over uh, in net over Los Angeles in Miami and give you the opportunity to be a build a, a big face, a big brand in a, in a huge market. Who doesn't say, say yeah to that. So then you have a six, 6% arbitrage you're 6% better on salary cap which is 6 million if you take it to the real salary cap right you're 200 million dollars here in, in 2 years or whatever that's 12 million extra dollars you have to spend in salary cap that's that's a real benefit so it's not just for the players this is really interesting how uh and again I've I've kind of talked about it a little bit I'm I'm probably going to put a vlog on it. I'll put some numbers and some some interest, some more interesting pieces to that but there's really some strategies that these teams these Florida teams Tennessee Texas all these teams could be using to hold on to and attract talent and really fill out their roster in a much better way than some of the other teams. And uh, to have that much extra money, it makes, especially at those big positions where you're talking quarterback or something, gives them a real, a real distinct advantage. Real distinct advantage. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, with all that, we want to talk about. We'll we'll roll into. Let's let's do a net net here on Jared Goff of 32 quarterbacks in the league. Where we, where do you think he's going to land next year? 20? Mm, okay. I'm going to say 15. And I'm going to say it's strictly because of um, the, the we'll talk about who's going to break out this year. Um, yeah. I think, there's, I think there's some changes for some other reasons that are going to push him up beyond where the initial thinking is on, on him. I hope, I mean, I, I look, look, as much as I, I say I have trepidation about uh, him, you know, uh, blowing up, if he actually like blew up and was a top five quarterback this year, I'd be absolutely elated. I mean, I think that's, that's top the ten. absolute best case scenario here. Yeah. So <laughs> top 10, don't mistake, don't mistake me, you know, like worrying about him being uh, above average in that 
hurting us in the future to con- confused with me not wanting him to be the best in the league. I do. I, I think that would be amazing. We got we got Levi in the chat really quick. I got I to gotta hit that. There's no way this podcast is six-year-old. I thoroughly remember my first call to you guys saying the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Levi, <laughs> it's still, time is still going. You're not wrong yet. <laughs> is, is that our old friend, Levi? Yeah, yeah. Hmm? Levi's still here. Nice. Is that great? All right. Yep. Sixth anniversary episode. That's crazy. Literally to the day. This is on the day six years ago we did this. Nuts. Back when I was doing the podcast from the back room of a bar. Yeah. <laughs> in 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 bum f, bum f. Excuse me. I'm not supposed to swear anymore. North coming back when I could swear. Yeah. <laughs> People knew how ugly we were. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um. All right. Really quick. Got to tell you. You know, the one thing that's kept Case saying all these years is he's gone to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com and he's hooked his up. He's taking care of that brain of his. How? By going down to get himself the chill line of CBD products or the extreme chill. Remember, the first time you try these, please only eat one. You could do your, you could lose yourself some, some hours if you, if you don't. Don't eat one and an hour later say, this is fine because you're going to eat the second one. You could always eat more. You can never eat less. Um, that's the chill line. They will definitely give you that buzz. Um, if you go through the normal non-chill stuff, then it's it's just about the pain, anxiety, or insomnia that you're working on. And uh, and the the normal stuff that's not the chill stuff will actually fly on a drug test. You'll you'll be fine, no problems. It's that chill line, that delta eight, that ever that we know is not a flight number. Uh, that stuff is the stuff that gives you the buzz, and uh, it's a great time. Stuff is awesome. Uh, go on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Use Prime. Coupon code Prime. If you know Prime days are a big deal, it's Prime CBD days right now. Throughout June, use Prime. You get 60% off a big sale. So Prime nice. CBD days over at cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Take care of your head. Make yourself feel good and get through life in a reasonable way without the pain, anxiety, or insomnia that you do not deserve. Um, hey, Wisco, lime is his favorite flavor. All right. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought that was an inside joke. Then I realized he's talking about our CBD. Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> You've had enough of that shit. All right. Uh, let's talk about Calvin Johnson. <laughs> Calvin Johnson in the news again. And yeah. boy, pops up every offseason. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, help me out here, Case. Because I was told that if we paid the man his money, He'd say nice things. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, on that point, I don't think, you know, I mean, the amount of money the Lions withheld from him, I still think is fairly insignificant for the site compared to the amount of money they gave him. Um, and it's not, it's not, it would be a life changing amount of money to me, but it's not to him. Uh, but, but having said that, like, I, I can, understand being miffed about that that doesn't bother me that he's that he was miffed about that um but what he came out and said was that he would have played anywhere else uh but the lions wouldn't let him and it's the big old bad lions organization that wouldn't let wouldn't release him or trade him um but i, I to me <sighs> 
I just am always going to, I'm always going to have a hard time siding with the guys who are making the absolute most money in the league whining about their contracts. I've never, it's, it's always going to be a difficult thing for me to get behind. And I know that that's not true for everyone. And I know that every, that a lot of people love Calvin and think that he deserved better than the lions. And uh, I'm not necessarily going to disagree with that, but I, I don't, they gave him the best contract that had ever been given to a player in his at his position and they weren't chintzy on the guaranteed money. And when he decided to retire, it hurt the team's future uh, because of the guaranteed money that was still involved in that contract. Like it wasn't like there was, it wasn't like he just left and they could have moved on and, and gotten, you know, uh, and, and, not had any repercussions from that contract. They were reeling from that contract for a few years after he left. So like, and that's that uh, we talked about a little bit with, with Bob Quinn, right? How he came in, Calvin retired and left that huge cap hit hole. Do right. In his lap. Now, now, and there's one other thing about this that nobody wants to talk about. They, they always, everyone says, well, I, it's e- and it's real easy. I'm a player's person. I think the players have rights and he deserves his money. But don't forget, it's a zero-sum game. When he gets that money, a different player doesn't get the I, money. I, that is and absolutely, now absolutely. Now you have a guy who signed a contract, isn't playing under that contract, and has left a giant hole behind. He hurt the other players and their ability yeah. to earn as a result of doing that. The, the whole I, I always, you know, there's a there's a very loud and, and I, I don't think they're necessarily wrong in their intention crowd of, you know, they get get your money, you know, crowd for players. And I think, you know, I, I don't there are players who hold out on their contracts. There are players who request trades and I think they're in the right. Those players are typically players who have outplayed their contract. Calvin didn't outplay his contract. He had the one incredible year, absolutely incredible. And I would never try to take that away from him. But immediately after that year, he, he started to break down. Like he was, he, his uh, yards per reception started to go down. He was not as elusive. He wasn't as fast. His, his jump ball was still great, but uh, he just wasn't able to get the separation that he had had earlier in his career. Um, I don't know even what his trade value would have been because he was so expensive, even with the lions paying a portion of his contract. How many I years? don't know what his trade value would have been given the injuries he had suffered the, the previous two years. How many years was it before another team paid that much? It was like four years. Yeah, it was, it was way up in front of its time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I just really want it really quick. CJ didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong, but he wanted money that he technically wasn't owed. And he, he made a really big stink about it. Technically, if you go by the contract and how the, the separation worked and everything, he didn't deserve that money because he quit. But he wanted to keep it. He wanted to keep that bonus money. And he expected the Lions to give it to him. But he left the Lions in in a really bad position. I don't blame them for not wanting to give him the money. I, I really don't. He signed the contract. The thing about contracts, people say, well, you know, you can cut him on the contract. That's right. But you know why Kirk Cousins hasn't been cut? Because he signed a contract for guaranteed money, and that's really what your contract is. The contract is signed for the guaranteed money. Everything else is 
it, it, there's performance bonuses. Everything beyond the guaranteed money is possible, but not absolute. So players know when they sign that contract, the guaranteed money is the only guarantee on that contract. So I, I it's just it's just the way it works. However, and I just. Yeah, I, I mean, I just want to reiterate the point that like, I don't necessarily have a problem with players doing holdouts or, or asking for extensions or raises or anything like that if they've outperformed their contract. I just don't think that was the situation here at all. I think they gave him the absolute most that anybody would have given him. I, I don't think there was anybody who was going to outbid the Lions on him that year. And then his production declined. And, but they were still giving him the money. Yeah. It wasn't like they were going to stop giving him the money as long as he played. And so I say that and I, and I absolutely love Calvin. I, I, I have a Jersey. Uh, I just, I, I, I love Calvin Johnson as a player. I just hate how it ended. I really, really did. And, and the fact that he's, you know, he's held a grudge that, and I know there's a league precedent, but there's a, there's a part, a point where at some point, you know, again, he took money away from other players through that, through the dead cap yeah. that he left there, right? And nobody yeah. wants to talk about that. They want to act like he's he's this this ultra high 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 soul, right? And that's that's just the the, the way things were. I, I I love Calvin. I wish it had it ended that way. I don't really care about the money that much, whether he got it or not. But that he made it such a big issue, and it's and lack of a term, it's he's still butt stung about it. I'm like, man, just, just let it go, let it go. There's yeah, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't know if he'll ever come around or not. If he does, I'm here and happy to welcome him back. I hope he yeah, does. Yeah. Oh, but. God, yeah. I would I would love, I mean, I remember my, my son, like, he, he didn't have the, the history of the Lions, but we would we went to the game one year at Ford Field, and um, Billy Sims was there for autographs. And I'm like, oh, man, we got to go. And he's like, who the hell is Billy Sims? Like, it's Billy motherfucking Sims, man. We got to go. He's so so great. I loved watching it. It's exactly karate how, kicks him uh, yeah. right there. It's exactly how I would feel, and I'm sure my boy would feel if he was there with his son and Calvin was there. You know what I yeah. mean? That kind of sense. Um, love and want him to be part of the team more than anything. But this is this is petty. This is really petty. It's not that much money. The Lions, I heard, are going to give him the money. Technically, I guess they haven't given it, but. Um, I see Kevin. I want to. It was. I'll put it out there. He said he's he's angry that he was disrespected by a crappy franchise. Money money's a convenient answer to interview questions. Yeah, yeah, but he, it, he, like he's better than. Plays. Yeah, he didn't play his. <laughs> that doesn't make me. That doesn't make me want to. You know, I I I am sorry for him that the Lions sucked while he was there. I'm sorry, sorry for me, me <laughs> that the Lions have sucked for. Before. The entire time I've been and a Lions fan, like he was there. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, my 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 sympathy is only so far as like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you got paid a lot of money to play for a shitty team. Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot. Of <laughs> I don't get paid a lot of money to be a fan of a shitty team. <laughs> a lot of people pay for bad teams, and you know what? Lions fans are fans before and after Calvin's there. It's the same kind of situation. A different situation, but the same kind of feeling about Matthew Stafford. Love Matthew Stafford to death. Absolutely love him. But when they play the Rams, I'm a, I'm a Lions fan first. I'm a Lions fan before he got here. I'm a yeah. Lions fan after he got here. I wish him the yeah. very, very best. Um, I, I, I said before I want him to win 15 games next season, right? 
I'll vote the one. But frankly, I kind of want that draft pick too. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's it is difficult because I mean he truly is my favorite Lions player of all time. And I hope they have put him in the ring of honor after he retires. I hope he is like good with the franchise. It doesn't seem like there's drama there. Um and I appreciate that yes. <laughs> given <laughs> some of the other things that have come up. Um but at the same time, I I really want the Lions to be good soon. So, I mean, that's what I want more than anything else. Yep, yep, yep. All right, let's move on. Um, you guys, anyone who's been listening for six years <laughs> knows that I'm a, I'm a big video game guy. Although this game has not, this game has been off my radar because of the clone stamp tool. Uh, Madden. Madden comes out with another mm. roster update for sixty-five bucks this year, hundred bucks, I guess, for the whole thing. Whatever, whatever the price is, they come out with another clone stamp and a new roster. Um, the only improvement in this game since twenty sixteen is in the trailer this year, with Jeff Okuda picking off Matthew Stafford as much as that I love had, him. Oh, that God. had to have been intentional. Oh. That had to have been intentional. Who at EA is the Lions fan? <laughs> That's what I want to know. It had to have been intentional. <laughs> to, to even put Okuda in the trailer is like, oh, wow. All right. Yeah. No, that's, it's it's, it's got to feel great for him. Yeah. <laughs> Who at EA is a Lions fan? That is the question. We got to find that person out because do some Madden tournaments with them or something. Yeah. But No, that's fun. I mean, I hope I. Sorry, staff. I hope that happens. <laughs> uh, Wisco, yeah, that's, you're right, actually. Uh, the Rams are one Stafford injury away from giving us a top 10 pick. Oh, yeah. No, believe me, that thought has occurred to me, too, but I don't want to be the one to say it yeah. either. So <laughs> I, I don't need that bad karma on me for being the one who, like, was, yeah. So, all right. I want to talk about you, It's on you now, Wisco. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, about the signage on this, if it's 2020 signage in the 2021 game, we'll see how it goes. They 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 have tended to miss things now from one year to the next. That's pretty pretty impressively bad. Although on the video game front, I don't know. Is anyone else out there excited for Battlefield? I saw the trailer. I I haven't played a Battlefield game, but I saw the trailer. It looked great. I yeah, I didn't like Battlefield as much on on Xbox, but I've been go- I've kind of flipped over to PC. Sure. And boy, Battlefield is a heck of a lot of fun. I've been playing Battlefield 4 for about a couple months now and Battlefield 5 a little bit, but it's a lot of fun. I've I've completely abandoned Call of Duty. You know you know how how I I've got posters signed by the studios and the walls over here from the the COD studios and stuff how how much of a fanboy I've been, but that has just been an absolute crash and burn. This Battlefield is I'm excited. I'm excited. So I think I'm a much bigger nerd than you are. I've been uh, I'm waiting for the the Baldur's Gate three full release. I have the early access and it's awesome. It's fantastic, but it'll be like a year and a half I think before I've they release that. That's like that's like Dungeons and Dragons on a PC by yourself, just for days at a time. Not like only lose yourself I kind never of thing. So more. I think most of our audience now will say absolutely. <laughs> To your, the assertion you made at the beginning. For, the yeah, thing. for sure. <laughs> no, no I, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But anyway, okay. Let's talk about it. Battlefield is coming. I want to talk about something else. You know, talking about Battlefield. I don't know if this is going to be a good transition. We talked about a letter we got last week uh, from a gentleman who was in Iraq in 2017 when he found us as a podcast. And he would download a couple episodes at a time, listen to a 
four the same episode four times in a week. Said he was in some pretty dark places. Um, it was not a great time for him. And he said that we were key in helping get him through those times. And it really, it really hit me. I, I shared it with Case and I shared it with Riz. He mentioned both of them in the uh, in in the note, and it was a big deal. I've since. You know, immediately I, I kind of was, was touched enough that I said, let's take everything we got from the Patreon from the month before, gave it to Fisher House. My employer, I work, I work for a place now. It's a great, great, great place. They doubled the money that we that we, we donated. So we're at $1,100 that we donated. And then all of a sudden, the uh, they have a corporate sponsor that's doing doublings on top of it. So that, that money turned into $2,200 like that and nothing flat to Fisher House in Ann Arbor. Now, what they're doing is is they're using that money. They're building a Fisher House. They want to build a Fisher House in Detroit. And it's been kind of my mission right now. Everybody call the Lions. Tell them their Salute to Service Month needs to be to help raise money to build this Fisher House in the city of Detroit, the VA hospital. What better work could they do? And the, the Lions Foundation, the Ford Foundation, get up, team together, and build something like that right there, right there in the hometown, right there in Detroit. Uh, Fisher House for the the vets that serve. It's an A plus charity. It's ranked platinum. It's like I was talking to him. Over ninety percent of what they raise goes directly to the families. They don't do advertising. There's the administrative costs are really really low. They're a top shelf charity. So, been working with Fisher House, and we got something going on now. Um, go to Give Butter, G I V E B U T T E R dot com slash FHM slash DLP. So givebutter.com slash Fisher House Michigan FHM slash Storyline Podcast DLP. And you can donate directly right there. And what'll happen is is they're doing that corporate doubling through July 4th. And every penny you give will be doubled immediately for that Fisher House in LA. Help help do a good deed. Help these folks. This is you know, Riz said it really well. It's like, you know, like the Ronald McDonald house for kids. That's what this is. It's a Ronald McDonald house mm-hmm. for, for veterans and their families. It gives people a place to stay at no charge while they're getting medical attention at the hospital. In Ann Arbor, it's literally set right between U of M, uh, the medical center there, the U of M hospital, and the VA hospital. Um, I'm going actually to visit. I'm going to go do a visit and a tour on the 9th when I come into town to see my parents that 4th of July week. And then um, we're going to go do take to put together everything we can raise in the show, do a check presentation there. And we are working on a little delivery when we do the check presentation. I'll, I'll, kinda, I'll let this slip. You guys can think about what you want. Um, working with Hank Fraley. You guys might have heard of him. His wife is, you'll, you'll hear from her, maybe even next week, uh, is renowned for the cookies she makes for the team. She fueled that team during the draft, um, during contract season, when everyone was getting signed coach-wise. She fueled them. She filled Allen Park with cookies, with tons and tons and tons of cookies. And she is an amazing baker. She's going to put together a stockpile of cookies that we're going to bring out for the families at the Fisher House to help them out and stuff too. So she's doing that on her own. Uh, really, really great family. The Fraley's, I just have you know. So... Um, little little leak there. She's gonna be on the show next week. She may bring a friend, um, but she's gonna be on. We're gonna do uh, a, a feature on what it's like to be a coach's wife in the NFL. So that'll be good. But get back to givebutter.com/fhm. 
slash DLP. That's a little bit of a difficult kind of thing. Givebutter.com slash FHM slash DLP. Everything you give will be doubled. Thank you, everybody who is helping out. If we can get this Fisher House built for these guys, it would just be it'd just be fabulous. Fabulous. Life's life's mission achieved. Life well lived at that point. All right. With that, and thank you. Um I'll just say thank you, Patrick, for uh for the note, man. It was inspiring. All right. Uh, next thing, who might be a surprise breakout strictly because of a coaching change? This is an interesting concept here. Um, we, we could all point at the Patricia's and the, uh, the, the, the Quins. You've had enough of that shit. And talk about what they did to this team. <laughs> I love that drop. Um, but what's going to happen now that they're gone? Who? could shine as a result in case i'm gonna give you the virtual microphone and let you lead us through this yeah i and i think this is obviously the golf thing is probably the most important storyline of how this uh this season plays out but i think the most interesting one for me personally is this topic in is that uh do we have players on the team who are not considered good players right now who might be really good players under different coaching? And we just don't know yet. Uh, I, I think that we all agree that the way things, the way Patricia was doing things was not working very well, right? Like, I don't uh, think that's a, uh, uh, at this point, I don't think that's a secret. <laughs> that's, that's, that's debatable case. I don't know. I think you'd be like <laughs> I mean, sure. If you want to have that debate, we can do that. Maybe the next time I come on, but um, <laughs> I, I think there are a lot of guys who might just straight up blow us away with um, improvement this year. I'm not saying that I'm expecting that. Obviously, you know, you know me. I'm not. I'm not trying to get too high or too low or anything of that nature. Uh, but when it, but when everything looks real low, I'm a good guy to bring you back up to the middle. So, um, <laughs> a perfect I, example. I, I think maybe strong the, motivator. I am, good. <laughs> I am like Prozac for this. If, if, you, if you are riding high, I will bring you down. If you are riding low, I will bring you up. It's right here, man. Prozac right for the soul right here. <laughs> I'd be perfect for a manic. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think Tracy Walker might be the best example. Because we saw the potential Tracy Walker had early in his career, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the last couple of years, just he was really struggling. He was really struggling a lot. And I think, and he's even mentioned how much more comfortable he feels under this coaching staff. And if he gets to be, do the things he thinks he's good at on the field, we might see him blossom back into that guy. Hopefully he's not too far gone. That's always my concern is that, you know, some of these guys might have been permanently, you know, damaged uh, mentally, physically, or just in terms of the things that they learned and it will be difficult to unlearn. Um, But uh, we do have a lot of young players and 
those are the guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do uh, under different tutelage. Tracy Walker, like I said, being the, being the number one, even going as far as saying, what if Jelani Tavai isn't as bad as we think he is? That's the guy we were talking about last week, just on that. And that huge weight cut he has. Yeah. And his body, I mean, he's going to be faster. He was, so look, he was slow. We know he was slow. Yeah. No, I, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I, I Last week I compared his, <laughs> his combine numbers to LT and they were like almost perfect. And then said, wow, we really were building the, the 85 giants. But the the the, rea- the reality is is this guy is now going to have some speed. I, is he going to be you know four four fast? No, no, he's not. But the other side of it is is this is a defense that we are supposedly now building to the strengths of the players and molding to the players' ability. If he doesn't have to do a calculus equation at the snap every every time the ball is snapped, that that's going to make him a better player right off the top. Right, his reactions are going to be better now. It, will he fit the style? Will will the style fit him? Will he be able to react fast enough in a noticeable way where he makes an impact? That's yet to be determined, but that's one thing. He's the one guy, and I I feel kind of bad because I was pretty hard on him. You know what I mean? I was I was pretty hard on Tobias. I, I just kind of made him the butt of my, my Lions. I will admit that I got a little bit frustrated with some Lions fans, the degree of hatred he got because, you know, well, I gave it to him. I I, I did it I, on Twitter. I was I was the one. And that's I feel bad in retrospect because I was just taking out my frustration with the team, and he was an easy target. But the right. reality is, is this one is one guy that I hope. I honestly, honestly hope that he does just break the bank this year and show that I was an absolute a hole and completely wrong on him because the guy. Well, we know. <laughs> we just want the second part to be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. The guy, I mean, he he did everything they asked him to this offseason. He came back, what was it, 17 pounds lighter. He's probably continuing to get lighter. He's 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 that ripped kind of, you know, thing. It's it's muscle, all muscle. I just hope this guy comes in and shows just how bad the coaching actually was and mm-hmm. has that kind of a breakout year. That's the kind of thing cuz Jelani Tavai would be the ultimate success story between the drawing the line between two coaching staffs and what they were asking the players to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, the Lions clocked in as the worst defense in the league last year. Um, but if all of a sudden Walker is better than he was last year by a significant portion, if Okuda is better than he was uh, by a significant portion, if Will Harris is better than he was, if Jelani Devai is better than he was, I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, we're not, we're not looking at an elite defense. I mean, I don't want to try to get people's hopes too high up, but I mean, they might be middle of the road. They very well might be middle of the road with better coaching and, uh, like I realize that's, you know, that's not the most inspiring thing that's ever been said. Yay. Middle of the road. But I mean, obviously from where we're coming from. Yeah. Oh, that's big. Especially the NFC North. The whole Aaron Rodgers question makes this suddenly a a wide open division. Oh yeah. For the line. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And that is, that is what I think. Absolutely. I, I, if I'm picking, if I'm predicting the uh, uh, standings for the NFC North right now, the Lions are last, but not by as wide a margin as many others are. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Will Harris. That's a guy that he's another yeah. one. Boy, 
Could he's he? got it. I mean, this is his last chance. Yeah, yeah. He's got all the motivation to to bring it. Um, and you look at these coaches and what they bring. I mean, th- these coaches can talk to these players in a way that the last coaching staff couldn't, and that's part of it too. It's it's this credibility that they bring. It's we've talked about the authenticity. You saw it when we started the show and talked about inside the den. It was that kind of authenticity. Uh, in who they are and what they believe and how they act and, and how they treat each other. You know that they're taking that down to the locker room, to the team level, to the player level as well. And you think about a guy like Will Harris, who's now, again, with a different defense, a defense that's supposedly going to be tailored to each player's strengths. They're going to be asked to do what they're really, really good at. Here's his chance. Here's his chance to go out, be his authentic self, his very, very best self. And um, that's the thing... Two guys at safety, Tracy Walker and Will Harris. If they show up, that really changes that defense. Around. I expect Jeff O'Keefe sure. to show up this year. I expect that. Am I a fool for that? Eh, maybe. But I expect him to show up this year. He's had a year in the league. Um, it, look, he didn't have the best coaching, but he worked. Those first six weeks, he worked against the very, very best receivers in the yeah. NFL. That was his trial by fire. That's his initiation to the NFL. What he learned in those weeks is stuff that people, it takes years to learn. He was put in positions. I'm I'm really expecting big things from him this year. I expect him to be an early learner, a quick turn, and to come out in that field and, and do well this year. I I hope he does. If we need well, a cornerback, you know, you're talking about that's the length of the rebuild before you get your corners in place. My opinion of what the Matt Patricia coaching style was, was tear everybody down no matter what, um, because they need to, you know, tear every, uh, like if you continue to tell them what they're doing wrong, they'll uh, fix what they're doing wrong. The way I work best and, and this is going on right now is when I'm doing something good is to nitpick me on what I'm doing good. What I'm doing bad is to build me up and say, you can do better, but it's okay. Like we'll get you there. And I feel like that's more akin to what this coaching staff is like. And, and so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be on a NFL football team and all. I don't know what works and what doesn't work, um, but I do know that different people uh, react differently to different styles of uh, motivation and things of that nature. Okay, um, and and, and constantly being told you're doing it wrong when you feel like you're doing it right is is difficult to deal with. You could be doing better, Case. But uh, yeah, we're, well, I won't apologize. I'll just do, be better. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> super chat from Loretto. It seems the old team was so simple and one-dimensional that when plays develop into something else, no one was prepared or knew how to handle it. I think you're right, Loretto. I think, I think they were prepared... But I think literally, it, 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 it sounds silly, but they had to go through so many progressions that they were doing a calculus equation on the field before they could react to what they saw. And I think that's where the problem was. That's why people were slow and they would freeze because they had to think, where should I be? What am I supposed to be doing? I think that works really, really good in hockey, right? Where you play your spot on the ice, you play your position to a particular set of things like that just because the game is is a lot faster it doesn't work in football it doesn't work on on the gridiron and i think that that's that's what you're seeing i think it's uh, it's it's probably not a, a great you know analogy but in in the hockey 
I think we saw it with the 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 whole kind of do your job thing was super super successful with the wings. You're seeing it like with the the Tampa Bay guy, uh, Bolts right now. Um, they're playing their positions. They're doing their job. They they it, almost to a fault. I'm seeing them not take two skates to get to a puck because they would abandon a position even when they could get there first. It's interesting to watch how how much these guys are staying home to to their system. I think that works better in hockey than it does in football. So there you go. Yeah. And we're talking mostly about defense here in, in, in uh, on this topic of guys who might see improvement based on defense. I think that is largely because we we feel that Patricia was in control of the defense uh, primarily. Um, but I also think there are opportunities for guys like um, DeAndre Swift to take a big step forward. Yeah. And even TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I think he's yeah, I think he's naturally going to step forward. I think so too. I don't know that that's going to be a coaching thing as much as just a natural progression thing. But there's two guys. One I think we talked about. Jared Goff has an opportunity because he's going to have better coaching. I think this year than he did with. Bay. Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna run into a minefield on that one. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, no, not that McVeigh's a bad coach, but better coaching, right? That's right. The situation for him. for him is a heck of a lot better. If if you're in that situation, just like you were talking about, case when you're not doing great. Would McVay be the guy for you, or would Dan right. Campbell be the guy for you? Right. Okay? That's the kind Build of situation. Build you up when you need to be built up. That's right. And I think that's what we got. I think that's what he needs. So we'll see what Holmes and, and Campbell do for him. So he'll be an interesting case. But then also, you have Quintez Cephas, who I think has an opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Really agree. Incredible. I uh, I've been, I mean, <laughs> been wrong about a few players in the past, but I, I am excited to see his potential this year. Dang it. I got rid of the Zach Center drop with for the Oh no. The oh no. I wasn't wrong about Zach Center. What are you talking about? He played for the Saints, right? <laughs> <laughs> he did everything that he he exceeded expectations as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he had some good games. He put some real hope in people. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Misplaced, albeit, but but some real hope. And I'm I, you know and, and he got out. He he made he played football in the NFL. There's yeah. something really, really special about being able to do that. There's, there's not many people that actually do that out of the the, the population of people. He had some great games. I still think under games. under on a different team with better run blocking, he might have had a better career yeah. too. Yeah. So like, yes, yeah. he. But now he's gotten out. He's healthy, and he's going on to do doctor stuff, research. Yeah, stuff, I was right? going to say he was he was doing medical shit, right? Living so. the dream, man. Living the dream. So he got it. You know, you weren't. You did love him. Maybe when I'm like 50, I'll I'll see if I can look him up and see if he wants to go grab a drink or something. But sure. he won't remember me, of course. But sure he will. Like, right. I was a fan of yours. This is weird, but <laughs> do you, you want to grab a drink? Do you, do you By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love Zach Center. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's going on. Uh, we talked about the guest. We snuck that in when we were talking about Fisher House. Um, um Fantasy football is coming. I, I was supposed to get that up last weekend, and I didn't. Sorry, guys. This has been – it's been insane. It's just so crazy. We've got fantasy football coming and the party on the 31st of July, the training camp party, and uh, that's going to be a big big deal. We'll be in town. We'll be doing our thing. And we'll, we're there to meet folks, so if you just want to hang out. Not sure quite what we're doing with the training camp party this year. Probably do something to help raise some more money for Fisher House along the way, but we will be getting together. There, We will be there. And there will be the beer there. It'll be me and Riz for sure. 
Um, I think Case is kind of stuck. I in wish I could. Land. Yeah. <laughs> marriage and the new job. Um, but we will do the party and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw something good together. It'll be no matter what happens. It'll be great. I promise. 31st of July. We've got that. So stay tuned. I'll, I'll have more details on that next week. Fantasy football. I will commit to everybody to have that set up this weekend. So you can do that. If you can, please hit the like button while you're here. Let's not forget about that. That helps us out and subscribe too while you're doing it. R- Case. What was it? There was another, was there another topic you want to talk about? Or did we cover them all? I think we got them. Wow. Look at us. All right. There you go. <laughs> Six years. Six years of doing this. It's crazy. We're still no, no much, no better than we were when we started. <laughs> no, it's great to have you back, Case. It was, awesome it was fun. It was fun. I'm glad to, I'm glad to step in. I hope, like I said, eventually I hope to be back more, but well, it's just a work in progress over here. So we heard down in Allen Park. Case is going to be on. Yeah, yeah, Holmes let loose. We had it on. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That'll do it. Remember, this show needs your support. We love it. Don't forget to do some Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the Slack. The uh, What's that other thing? Oh, Discord. We got one of those going, too. You get access to both of those. Uh, get early news. Talk to Riz. Talk to Chris. All you do is join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, where no matter if he's on the show or not, you can always see Case. With no pants on. That's right. Give us a call on Skype. Oh, man. <laughs> Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions Podcast. Call us on the Lions line. 929-33-LINES. 929-335-4667. Do you miss that? You miss that? Yeah, that was, that was nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got a little tear to that. <laughs> be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com subscribe to the podcast so people can do what Case I don't remember <laughs> so we can show up in their ears automatically oh, oh yeah sorry <laughs> not that nostalgic <laughs> thank you for tuning in remember we'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast no pants no shoes no service no hot tubs no problems because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.